Tonight we'll continue in our series in 1 John. We'll be in chapter 3, looking at verses 11 through 18. 1 John chapter 3, verses 11 through 18. And they read this way. For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. We should not be like Cain, who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. Why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his brothers righteous. Do not be surprised, brothers, that the world hates you. We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brothers. Whoever does not love abide in death. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk but indeed and in truth. Uh, brothers and sisters, the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God saying, let's pray. God and Father, we need you at this hour to speak to us, to uh, allow us to understand what uh, your word is teaching us about love. God, I pray that we would open up our hearts and minds to hear your word, uh, not to hear anything that comes out of my mouth, uh, but, but to hear your word that you have given us that has been divinely inspired uh, by you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. And yes, you, you see it correctly printed in here, the, the title of this message, is, All You Need Is Love, All You Need Is Love, which for some of you probably uh, are thinking about the Beatles at this moment. All you need uh, is love. Uh, I, I say this with love. I, I say this in love, L. O-V-E. This would be the theme of this wonderful uh, documentary of sorts, This Is It, uh, that would chronicle uh, Michael Jackson in his final attempt to do a world tour. Uh, Michael Jackson, who many of us uh, know is one of the greatest uh, pop entertainers of all time, uh, decided that he was going to try to do one more tour uh, before he would call it quits to uh, his career. And so what he did, he had a team to follow them as they would practice and as they would rehearse so that uh, his fans could see uh, what it all it took to put on a world tour uh, that he would do this last time. And as you, as you watch this, you could see how methodical he was about everything that he did, all the dance moves, the music, everything, uh, everything good, bad, anything that was ugly, the same response that he would give so I say this in love, L-O-V-E. If a musician messed up musically, he would correct them and say, it. hey, it's all in love. If he would give his appreciation uh, for someone else and to, to, to say, hey, you did a great job, he would say, hey, I did this in love. Everything uh, was done in love, L-O-V-E. John, in our passage he gives his readers the same sentiment about love. He, our passage specifically stresses the importance of love. That love is all over this passage. God's love is the fuel from which 
John encourages us to model the love of God to the world. The great theologian R.C.H. Linsky says that the plainest activity of spiritual life is that of loving those who are one with us, our spiritual brothers. John tells us that uh, that we are to love our brothers and all the love that, that all the people who we love is in connection uh, with us as a visible demonstration of God's love in our lives. The love we have must be seen in this dark world, this dark world that we live in, a world full of lies, a world full of deception, a world full of unfaithfulness, that this world needs examples of God's love. The world we live needs to not only see these, but uh, experience these expressions of God's love. Two points tonight in our time that I hope we can see from our text and I hope that will ignite us to actively show love to those around us. The first thing we'll see is that love is essential. And the last thing we'll see is love is experiential. That love is essential, but also love is experiential. This first point, love is essential. We see this in verses 11 through 15. John starts off by saying this message you have heard. And as you're sitting there, you're wondering what, what is this message that we have heard? John is specifically talking about the gospel of Jesus Christ with an emphasis on Jesus command that we are to love. And as we've gone through this wonderful book week after week, this ideal of love comes up the the fact that we are to love and not be people who are evildoers, those who hate. He says that, look, you've heard this before. You've heard the gospel. You know that Christ came to die in our place and for our sins. But he says, look, love is the, the fuel by which this happened. It is love and how we love one another is what is essential, what is important for those to see and experience the love of Christ. So he said, what you've heard, what you've heard, John 15, verse 12 says, this is my commandment that uh, you love one another as I have loved you. This is Jesus speaking to the disciples. In John 15, 12, that, that look, you love one another as I have loved you. This is the message that we have heard. Also later on in verse 17 of John 15 Uh, He says, these things I command you so that you will love one another. He he was concerned about their love for each other. He tells his disciples, look, the world would know that you're mine by the way you treat each other. The way you love one another is going to uh, be evidence and and show the world that there is something greater working inside of you to love in the way that you do in a world that does not love back. This is what we have heard. It's the message of the gospel, which is connected to our our previous section that uh, Brett preached a couple of weeks ago. He gave us some definitions for God's children and those who are children of the devil, uh, but specifically relating to works of righteousness and works of Satan. He says that God's children must love out loud, that love must be on display at all times. Why was this necessary? Why does love have to be on display at all time? We see in our text, the very next thing that he says after uh, he says this message you've heard 
from the beginning that we should love one another. He, he makes a, an about face and he says, look, you don't want to be like Cain. You, you don't want to be like Cain. Cain, we know the story of Cain in, in the book Genesis and how he killed his brother Abel. Cain kills Abel, his brother, because of Cain's wickedness. Cain's hatred for his brother was fueled by jealousy and envy. They came from the same family. They sat around the same devotional tables. They uh, ate the same meals together. They uh, were, were discipled in whatever way they were by the same parents. But yet Cain was wicked. Abel was righteous. And Cain's wickedness could not stand the righteousness that Abel had. So Cain struck his brother and, and killed him. John says, look, as believers, as followers of Christ, that we are to not uh, to be like Cain, someone who is harboring hate and envy and all those things that are evil uh, because we would only be like that. That's, that's not showing love, that his deeds were evil. That's not the way that believers are to live. He said, don't be filled with hatred and malice. Don't allow feelings of anger to grow in our hearts and our minds because this does not show the world the outward expression of this inward reality that what God has done in our lives, that uh, we are to be living in a way that we are controlled by God's love. This is why we are compelled to be kind. This is why we are uh, compelled to do the things that he has called us to do specifically in love is because we are controlled by his perfect love. Second Corinthians chapter five, verses 14 and 15 tells us this. It says, for the love of Christ controls us because we have concluded this, that one has died for all. Therefore, all have died and he died for all that those who live may not longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. Look, we as believers, as followers of Christ, we are to be controlled by God's love. And if we are controlled by his love, that there's no place in our hearts for, for hatred and envy and all those things that uh, Cain was, was full of as he would create uh, this, this murder scene of killing his own brother. That we love because we live for Christ who died for us. Charles Spurgeon says that love is essential. Love is the essential mark of a true child of God, that love is the solution, the ultimate apologetic. But with love comes warning. John doesn't want us to get it twisted to think that if we go around uh, being loving and, and, and loving our neighbor and doing all these things, that uh, life will be great for us. Look at what it says in our text. He says, look, don't be surprised that the world hates you. So he wants us to love, love out loud. Uh, don't be like Cain. Don't be full of envy. But he says, look, the world is not going to love you back. Don't you love watching TV? I don't know if anybody still watches live TV anymore with all the different subscription services that uh, we have. But uh, if you do, um, I used to hate commercials, but now I love watching commercials. I mean, if I'm sitting with my wife and she wants to watch something on TV, Commercials are going to come. Commercials are going to come. We hadn't paid for the subscriptions yet that uh, is commercial free. So we're still seeing commercials. And the commercials I, I love seeing are those medical commercials that 
uh, has this specific drug that is supposed to help you with whatever ailment that you have. Uh, specifically one that speaks to me, uh, a lot of my family members had dealt with eczema. And so I, I just love, and I won't say the specific drug that uh, was used, but let's say that there's a commercial pops up uh, after you're watching the, uh, the, the new Bachelor series. I, I think it's, um, uh, I forgot which one it's called. I guess, it, is it Golden Bachelor? Uh, you're, you're watching The Bachelor and right as he's about to say something very romantic as he's about to, uh, to, to, you know, pick one or the other, boom, the commercial comes on. And it's a commercial about eczema. And it says, hey, if you put this on, this is going to help you. It's going to uh, help you play sports and do all the things you want to do. And it's going to make life easy for you. And you're, you're at the edge of your, your seat and you're like, all right, this is great. But then the warning comes. And the warning goes to a tune of this. This medical treatment could cause shortness of breath. Bone damage could cause bleeding out of the ears. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, I I may have some issues there, but I I don't want to take something that's going to take uh, my skin ailment. And now it's going to cause me to have bleeding coming out of my ears. So so for me, it's easy to say no to this, but yet uh, there, there are risks for taking this prescription. Yes, we are to love out loud, but the world will not love us back. The prescription of love will not uh, give us love back from the world. John says, don't expect the world, this system that is against Christ, this world in this realm, it will not love you. And I believe this proves the accuracy and the reliability of the scriptures because John doesn't say because you love everything is going to be well, that everybody's going to like you, that uh, everyone's going to follow you on social media. He says, no, when you love the way you're supposed to, which is a true sign of being surrendered to Christ in turn, you will be hated by the world. It's right there in our text. Don't be surprised, brothers, that the world hates you. What's what's the proof that the world hates you? It says, see, look at what Cain did. That's proof that the world is against righteousness. The world is is, is a system that is contrary to God's law. It rejects God's love. The world hates our love, but yet uh, followers of Christ, it desperately needs to see and experience Christian love. The world does not know love and don't know what it is, but but because it, it seeks love in all the wrong places. Many people who are in this world, in our society, in our, in our streets, in our neighborhood, they are looking for love in all of the wrong places. They're looking for world in their political identities. Other people are looking for love in their financial status. They're looking and seeking love in their social status. No, this is not true love. You will not find love in uh, the truest sense of what God has called us to and many people are struggling because they're trying to fill this void in their hearts to find what true love is. But we know who true love was and is and this true love who lived in this life was rejected by men. Remember what Jesus tells his disciples in John 15 after they've been walking with him, they've been dealing with him for some time. This is what Jesus tells his disciples as he is preparing them for him to leave and to to go off to heaven. This is what Jesus tells them. He says in in John 15, 18 through 21, he says, look, if the world hates you, know that it has hated me before 
It hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you're not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. But all these things uh, they will do to you on account of my name because they do not know who they don't know him who sent me. So if you're his disciples, how do you think they're feeling in this moment? How, how does that make you feel as you're sitting here that the Lord says that if you seek love from this system, from this world that is against the kingdom of God, you will not find it. How does that, how does that make you feel? This is why it's so important that John in this passage is reminding believers, is telling believers that, look, we are to love one another, that the love that we have for each other, uh, we, we have to do it. It is vital. It is necessary for uh, we must love each other well, because ultimately we are all we get. And this is the love we display to others that we have passed from death, which is walking in sin, living a life that is unsaved, that, that we heard Brett tell us a couple weeks ago to walking to life, saved, filled with the spirit, controlled by God's love. We, we know this is because of the way we love one another. And if we have hate in our hearts in the same way that Cain, the Bible says we are murderers. Whether you raise a knife to someone and slay them, he says, look, you, you have murdered them by the hatred that you have in your heart. And John, being a disciple of Jesus, he would have remembered Jesus saying this on the Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew 5, 22, uh, Jesus says, but I say to everyone, if you are angry with your brother, you will be liable of judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council. And whoever says you fool, you will be liable to the hell of fire. He says, look, we, we don't need to have hate in our heart. We need to love each other. Our love should be on display at all times so that our world can have a true sense of who Jesus Christ is. So our first point, love is essential. Last point we have for tonight is that love is experiential. We see this in verses 16 through 18. That love longs for expression. Spurgeon says that love can't go without expression. If you command love uh, to not have expression, then you command it not to live. That love can be expressed with words, but it must also be expressed with deeds. The age old uh, saying is that actions speak louder than words. And what I love about the word of God, what I love about our Savior is that he doesn't command us to do something that he's never done. For we know that God is love. We, we learned about that in 1 John chapter 4. And in him being love, he must put love on display. He displayed his love by sending Christ as the sacrificial atonement for our sin. So as he is commanding us to love, 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 love our neighbor, love, love, love. He's not giving us empty words, just love and believe that I love you. No, he has given us proof of his love in the person and work of Jesus Christ. 
He, he's given us proof that he loves us. He sent Jesus Christ to live this perfect life and to die on our behalf, to die on the cross that uh, we should have died on. He proved his love. He gives us proof that he loved us. Anyone who is married or anyone who is engaged, recently engaged, understands the, the importance of having tangible proof or tangible expressions of love. Uh, I remember as Eric and I were dating and um, I, I knew I wanted to marry her and I would tell her, hey, we're going to get married. I love you. I love you. I love you. And, and after going to the movies and having all these dinner dates and all this kind of stuff, yeah, I love you. One day we're going to get married. We're going to get married. Uh, it, it didn't mean anything until she had the proof. Until I presented her with this engagement ring that all this love that I'm talking about, all these plans that I want us to do in terms of having a family, it, the, the evidence, the proof was when I finally got a chance to stoop down on my weak knee and to present her with a ring to say, no, I'm serious about this love that I have. This is the proof uh, made real of this reality of, of my love for you. And Christ's example is proof of his love in word and in deed. He doesn't just tell us to love, but he shows us his love through his life as he would preach about the kingdom, as he would uh, heal people, as he would change lives and make a difference for all those who were around him. He gave us proof time and time again. And on Calvary's cross, the ultimate show of, of proof of him dying for us in a place that we should have been. Our love has deeper meaning when it is experienced by others. John talks about helping others who have needs and, and coming to their aid. And I think this is one of the markers that many of us, unfortunately, we miss as believers is, is figuring out how we can come to the aid of those who, who need our help. So the question I ask you tonight is, how has your love been experienced by others? What are we doing to help change lives and make a difference in our city and in our world? What, what are we doing together in our Sunday school classes, taking this knowledge that we are getting and putting it to action? How active are we in the parishes to, to make sure that we are advancing the kingdom through discipleship and through evangelism and those things that we have been called to do here at Second Presbyterian Church? That our love has to be experienced in church. Our love has to be experienced in our neighborhoods, on our, in, in our workplaces, on college campuses, and in our high schools, everywhere. Our love needs to be experienced by other believers, but also by other folks who have not come to know who Jesus Christ is. So my challenge to you is for you to think of some opportunities that God has placed before us. To jump into action, to put our love on display. This table that we're about to experience is the ultimate sign of love being on display. Philippians chapter 2 presents this table for us in terms of what love being on display looks like. Paul says in Philippians chapter 2, have this mind among yourself, which is yours in Christ Jesus who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God something to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, being found in human form, being humbled by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. 
this table that we're about to celebrate uh, gives us the ultimate sign of love being on display. That Christ's love for us, he poured out his life so that we can have life abundantly. Let's pray. God, we thank you that you've given us your example of love. God, in the world that we live in, love has has been changed to something that is not love. It's it's not real love that people are, are seeking after in this world. And God, I pray that you would use us as your servants to show what the true essence of love is. And that you are the fuel of the love that we should have for our brothers and sisters in the faith. But also for a world that will not love us back, that we still show our love to them in hopes that they would come to experience your love. God, we thank you that you died in our place and for our sins. And that because you did that, we're able to to have people experience our love and to have our love be seen as something that is sacrificial as we serve those around us in our city. We thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.